y'all. Welcome to our Grade 7 Talks to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts to find out more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Brooke, and I'm a student at College Park School in Lloydminster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what we will be doing in our podcast. We are a class of 24 grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we focus on experimental learning using a STEAM approach. That is STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. We want to answer the age-old question of why do I have to learn this by directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert that they know in their lives. This person can be an expert in their profession or job, or in what could traditionally be considered a hobby or an interest. Without further delay, I'm pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert on realty, Harpreet Christie. Let's start by getting to know you. Please tell us about yourself, your family, your work, or your business. Hi everyone, I'm Harpreet Christie, and I work at Remax of Lloyd Minster, and I've actually been selling real estate there since 1998. Um, my family, my husband grew up in Lloydminster. I have a daughter, her name's Amaya, and I have a son, and his name is Fraser Christie. In your opinion, what makes someone an expert? Do you consider yourself an expert? Um, I do consider myself an expert, and I believe an expert is someone that has the years of experience in their own industry, and I've been doing it for a long time, and I do, um, do updates on courses and stuff to become more well-known in my industry. Did you live in Lloydminster as a kid? What was it like if you did? I did not live in Lloydminster as a kid. I um, moved here permanently when I started in real estate in 1998. Um, it was a definitely a huge change coming to a smaller town because I did grow up in a large city. Um, so I had to transition to the change because I'm used to more people and locking doors, and when I moved to Lloyd, I didn't have to lock doors. It was weird, but I really enjoyed my neighborhood. What was school like for you when you were younger? When I was younger, it was probably the same as everyone here. However, I, our schooling in Edmonton was more multicultural, so I did come across a lot more um, different um, cultures and stuff that I was able to get more knowledge on. Um, other than that, it's probably the same way as everyone else here growing up. In ELA, we've been reading stories about participating and doing our best. For example, we did some research on Bianca Andrescu. We read a story about a wheelchair marathon racer. We also read a story called Baseball and the Facts of Life. If someone were to write a book about you, what would the title be? If someone was to write a book about me, uh, the title would probably be something more like how I could, how Harpreet could help organize your life. Because I do love organizing, so that's probably a book that I probably want to have titled under me. Um, can you tell us about an experience where you choose to participate and give your best effort? An experience where I choose to participate. Um, I do give a lot of my best effort in um, helping out my clients. I don't know if that's an experience or not. Um, I do love volunteering in the community. Um, there's a number of them. There's a long list. So I think those are the two main things for me. Okay, I'll ask Bryn to come out. What was the longest house you had up for sale? Hi, Bryn. Um, that's an awesome question. So since 2015, 
um, our market did crash here in Lloyd and I believe the longest I've had a house up for sale was probably two years. Oh wow. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. That's long. It is long. <laughs> what do you think failure has to do with success? Also, when did you fail and how did it help you? Um, I think everybody in life um, ends up failing and how it helps me is you become someone better. Like you do your, your work and everything that you do in life better. So it's always normal to go through failures. I, there's there's so many failures that I have you know like if you lose a listing or something and it has to do with pricing or something so you always study um, that failure and the next time you get something you always work on how you're gonna make it better I'm going to ask Gavin to come up hi my name is Gavin what is the most amount of houses you've sold in a month in a month yeah I was gonna write a year but you know a, a year is good. Um, I want to say 12. Wow. Yes. Yeah. A lot of houses. That was a really good year. Nice. I like 12 houses. I wish I got that every month. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gavin. Um, I'm also going to call Jackson. Why did you decide to sell houses? Um, I got into real estate in 98 after um, I actually worked with both um, of the owners, Connie and Laura, that owned. Uh, Remax and actually I started off as an assistant but the main reason why I got into real estate was I was able to go into these properties and I actually have a passion for fixing up properties so because I was able to get into these properties as an assistant and help the two agents out on listing their homes I was able to find properties that needed to be flipped and that's how I got into real estate because I ended up buying houses and flipping them and then eventually I ended up selling them. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. That is cool. Tell us about someone who you looked up to you when you were younger. Um, I always looked up to my dad um, when I was younger. Um, reason being is he always had very strong worth ethics and uh, family values. There's a lot. I could go on for hours, but I won't. But that's basically one of the main people I did look up to when I was younger. Um, I'm going to call it Mandy. Hi, I'm Hi, Mandy. Mandy. And my question is, what is the most unique house you've ever sold that you can remember? Okay, actually, I haven't sold it yet. It's still available for sale, and it's actually going on to one of the second year ones. Um, it is a larger home out on an acreage and it's absolutely beautiful. It's built by a builder and it's it's very nice and it's very unique. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So what is the process of like buying a house or and you selling a house to a person? The process for buying a house, basically um, you make sure that your buyers are approved. Um, you set them up with properties that are in their price range they could view it online like i have a system where every time a new property comes out it gets sent to my buyers and they could view it and any of the ones that they do like we end up compiling a couple of mls numbers because every listing is tagged with an mls number um and on that MLS number, when they get that listing, it gives you all the information on the house. I ask them to drive by the area to make sure they like that property as well in their spare time. Um, once we compile all the ones that they want to go take a look, we end up viewing a property. They end up choosing it. 
we end up writing an offer and on the offer I'll always protect them with their conditions conditions meaning um, if they're gonna get a home inspection or if it's subject to financing um, what items are all included in the 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 offer and so forth once it's accepted then we remove all their conditions and then of course we wait for possession date and that's the fun part one of my favorite buyers the favorite buyers I do have are all the first-time home buyers so one day all of you will be buying a house and I'll be waiting okay. <laughs> um, the selling process um, I actually specialize in selling properties um, sorry, of course I sell properties, but I actually specialize with selling, listing properties. Um, I do enjoy doing that as well because I'm able to tell the seller how to prep their homes when, um, when selling their properties. Um, there's certain things you want them to do. You want to make sure that their properties look absolutely show ready. So make sure the towels are properly hung, all the rooms, the beds are all nicely made, things like that. I do have a professional photographer and a videographer that goes in there and takes all the pictures um, and does a quick video. Once that property is listed, it gets put on realtor.ca on the MLS. And then I do have a social media expert that will gather all that information and she'll start posting what I have for sale on all the social media sites. We used to do it in local papers, but now everybody's online. So that's where I spend a lot of my marketing money is advertising online. It's a long process. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so do you actually like show people the houses? Like do you go into them and show them? Yes, and that's one of my favorite parts because there's a lot of cool houses out there. And it's just exciting to see the expression on a potential buyer's face when they're viewing properties. You know, everybody has different opinions, but we do, I do go into every single one. And actually before I even am able to go into them, we usually do a, a realtor tour where every time a house is listed on the market, all of us realtors will go on a Tuesday to check out the product. So we study it before we take our buyers in. What is the fastest sale that you've had? Like the first, a person that's like, oh, I want this house. The first one that you showed. It was actually um, the first one and it's 20 minutes. It doesn't take long. So as soon as they're like, okay, I want this house, then you start the process. But if you want an actual fast sale from beginning to close, you actually need two and a half weeks to transfer title to close a property. So title meaning you have to get your name onto that property and that's what the lawyers do. So the fastest I've been able to do that, believe it or not, was right before Christmas in 2004 where a business owner required to purchase a home before the new year for tax purposes. So we closed it in five days. Cool. Thanks to the lawyer. It was a good lawyer. So, like you said before, they like to like renovate or flip houses. So what does flipping actually mean? Flipping means, so you're gonna find, there's a, there's a couple of properties available for sale um, that you need, the house needs to get painted. Um, you need newer flooring, you might need windows, you might need shingles, all that. But the house has to be priced right in order for you make, in order for you to make a profit in the end. And that's, what flipping a house means. So I have a lot of buyers because I used to do that. I have a lot of buyers that are looking specifically for houses to flip and they'll purchase a house. For example, I just did one the other day. He purchased it for 160,000 
and he's going to put all new shingles, flooring, windows, a new kitchen, and he'll probably be able to sell it around the three forty nine nine mark, which isn't a bad, which isn't bad because that's a really good profit for him, and he'll probably end up spending close to the fifty thousand mark for um, materials. But the key in getting ahead on flipping homes are you have to be able to do a lot of the labor work yourself in order to save money. How do you deal? personally with a job that some months oh. you get 12 houses a month and other months you don't. As a teacher, I get a steady income every yep. month. I know exactly what it's going to be every month, yep. but for your income, my understanding is that you don't necessarily no. know. And, and because you don't know, um, I've been doing it for quite a long time. So you kind of, um, train yourself to learn how to budget monthly according to what your expenses are. But of course, in the beginning, it was hard because here, you know, one month I'd have all these possessions and then it'd carry me for the months that I never had any possessions or sometimes I'd be paying off what I never had prior to because I never made money in the prior two months and whatever I made the one month, I'd have to use to pay off what I was owing in the in the prior months. So it, it becomes it becomes difficult, but once you're in the industry and you have a consistency and you and you, you work on a business plan every year, you kind of have an idea as to where you're gonna sit um, for income purposes and you end up managing that. And that I think is one of the key things too in real estate is managing your finances because I'm only on a commission base. So I don't get paid hourly or a salary. So it just depends on how many houses I sell and I have to um, budget that accordingly over 12 months. What school subjects could a realtor be good at? Like what school subjects yeah. I would say math is a, actually there's quite a bit math would be awesome um, English of course because you have these write-ups that you have to do and, and that really helps if you could like write a story on the house just to give the potential buyers um, a write-up of what the house is like when they haven't actually gone into the property um, history is a good one to have too because um, Sometimes you need to know the history of some of these houses. They could be historic homes, and that could come up in one of your, you know, your history subjects. Um, but yeah, I think those are the main ones. So, do you think that technology is good in schools like now? Um, I think technology is wonderful in schools now. However, I do think it's very important for everybody to have good handwriting as well. We're so used to using computers and you know our cell phones and we store everything in there and the one thing i do miss is since technology has come out i can't even remember phone numbers you know things like that and and i noticed the longer i handwrite it's not as perfect as how it used to be so i think technology is awesome but there's a lot of old school things that we used to do that I think that they should continue in schools to make sure. Where do you see the real estate market in the short term or long term or, and long term? Well, we've been in a depression since 2015 and I don't think it's gonna go skyrocketed. Like I don't think it's gonna go super high because usually back in the days when there was a depression, the market would crash for like eight months and then it'd be right back up to where it is. Um, in 2014, I think we've reached the highest amount of a priced, sorry, we've reached the highest price of a home. 
and it's very expensive and since then the market has crashed I want to say now about the 42 percent so prices have dropped but I think over the next seven years it'll slowly continue to um, incline but not as fast as a while ago when we had the depressions and I don't think the prices will go as high as what we used to have in 2014. So do you have a preference on what houses that you like to sell? Like, do you like to sell older houses or newer houses? Um, actually, I don't have a preference. I like selling all, all types of houses because every single one has a story and uh, they all have character. So I enjoy selling all types of houses, Yay. properties. So now we're going to do open mic time where people can come up and answer <laughs> questions. Perfect. Isaac must go first with his signature question. Okay, so let's hear your signature question. Okay, so what is your favorite shade? My favorite shade? Yep. As in color? Shade, like black, white, or gray. I, I like. My favorite shade is blue. Yes. <laughs> I want to say navy. Okay. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's an awesome question. Hi, is Ben. Hi, Ben. Um. So, what would you say? How realistic are TV shows about real estate? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, guess what? I love watching Million Dollar Listing New York. And it's so funny because in the States, they sell real estate completely different than how we sell it. They actually have an open house and have parties. And then they're, instead of calling them real estate agent, they call each of their agents brokers. They all come to the house and they all have buyers and they actually put the offers in on behalf of the buyers, even though the buyers haven't necessarily seen the house yet. So it is quite different. Okay. Yeah, and I do like watching them. Yeah, they're pretty interesting. They are. They are. Hello, I'm Blake. And what's the most entitled person that you had to either sell or buy a house to or from? So entitled. Like they want it for like free or something like that. Oh, that happens all the time. Everybody wants a good deal. Ah. Yes. So I'm, there's, there's a lot of people that want to buy a house for free. So you know what I tell them? They're like, okay, Harpreet, I want to put an offer for this low amount. And I said, well, if that was the case, I'd buy myself and flip it. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kane. And like, what, when you, um, what is the worst moment like you've ever had selling a house? Like where it's went horribly? Oh. I don't think any of my houses went horribly wrong, but I think a bad time in my life selling houses went horribly was when I slipped a disc in my back and my back was sore and I was trying to show this house and all I wanted to do was go home because I was in pain. So it wasn't a great experience for me, but I don't think I've ever put any of my buyers or sellers in a bad experience. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Hello, I'm Parker and what? What was the hardest house you ever had to sell? The hardest house I ever had to sell was a house that um, had a lot of damage in it due to water and they let it sit on the property and it was full of mold and the owners that had it couldn't sell it for like such a low, low price even though you had to fix it all up 
to get it back to where it was. So that did take a lot of work to get that property sold. And eventually we sold it. Okay. Thank you. Right. Howdy. I'm <laughs> Billy. And uh, what's the biggest bargain? And like, what's, have people asked for, like, what's the lowest anybody's asked for a house? Okay. So there's so many. Um, right now, in our because of our market, since it crashed, we got a lot of bank repossessions out on the market. So there's a lot of houses that went to the bank because unfortunately the homeowners couldn't afford to keep it and pay for it. So perfect example, a house came up from the bank at 180,000 and somebody offered 90. So That's almost the, half. Yeah. And even some people do less than half, but the funny part of it is, the best part of it is you always have to try because you never know you might get a good deal right but it'll de it depends on the property like I'll, I'll advise the buyers if they should be going that low or not uh -huh. yeah what's the lowest you've ever let somebody like it's not me it's always up to the seller oh. yeah so in the end the seller determines what their final price is and there's so many we had um, we were on the MLS site <coughs> earlier mm -hmm. and some of us came across a house that was listed for a dollar and we're wondering what is the strategy behind that and have you ever used that strategy um i've never used that strategy and i think that could have been an error unless i read the listing um i'd have to go through and read the listing but i've never come across anybody with a dollar it could have been a commercial property that was leased for a dollar a square foot or something i'm not sure but I've never heard of that before. What, what we were thinking was it was an offer sale yeah. where it was clearly worth more than a dollar um, and they were looking for multiple offers and then they were going right. to use that where you kind no. of low ball and then... No, nope. we can't, we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. So because? Because um, ethically it's not correct to gear people in. It's kind of misleading advertising. So there's always a price for a property and it's open to offers. So. If they decide to go that route, I don't know if that should even be postarmrealtor.ca. You would probably want to do a live auction where you can auction a property off where there is no price and everybody brings an offer to that owner in a sealed envelope and then you go from there. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hello. Hi. This is Isaiah. Um, another signature question. Mm -hmm. If you could merge two animals, what would they be? Mine is a rhino and a cheetah, and it's a cheeto. Cheeto. If I could merge two animals, I would probably do a giraffe and an elephant. What would it be called? Graffent. That's awesome. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Hello, it's me again. It's Jackson. Hi, Jackson. So, um... When did you decide to become a realtor? Um, I decided to become a realtor. I got licensed in 99 only because I was working with uh, both of the owners, but I knew then. Actually, I knew in 98 when I got hired just to enter information in the computer and then I became an assistant and that's when I knew. So I'll let's say 99 to be safe when I got licensed. Okay, so what kind of education did you need? So the education you need is, um, you do require your high school education. Um, that is very important to make sure you get your, have your high school education. And then what I did is I ended up taking a three month course on the Alberta side and uh, it's all the real estate essentials and it teaches you how to evaluate a home. It teaches you 
um, the bylaws and everything in real estate, how to write contracts. Once I got that, because we're in Lloydminster, I had to be licensed on the Saskatchewan side. So then I contacted the Saskatchewan governing bodies and all I had to do was challenge an exam. So if you want to become a realtor, you just take either or side and then challenge the exams to get your license. So in Lloydminster, you have to be licensed for Alberta and Saskatchewan. Okay. Was there an easier one? Uh, I found the, for me, I like learning in class. So you can do it all online. And I think now it is on, all of them are online because back in the day, in the 90s, that's when they had it in class. But um, I think you should do your Alberta first and then challenge Saskatchewan. Okay. Personally. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Hello. Hi. It's me again. How's it going? So, so my question is, um, if you couldn't be a realtor, what would you be? If I couldn't be a realtor, I'd probably go back into architecture. I actually um, have my architecture, not my degree. Um, I had to write four government exams to get my degree, but I, I'd probably be the flipper. I like renovating houses, so I'd probably get into construction. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. <laughs> it is Ben again. Um, so, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Okay. 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 Is that good or bad? No. No. Oh, no. You're just disappointed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's too bad. Because that's my choice too. Yeah. What Coke? Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I didn't know. I didn't, I'm not a pop drinker, but I don't know. I grew up with Coke. Um, so Apple or Samsung? Apple. Yeah. Because I use it. Yes. Good job. Okay. Hi, hi, it's Parker again, and uh, what was your favorite TV show you watched when you were little? When I was little? Okay, I have to remember. Ever since I had my daughter in 2013, my brain shot. So, let's see, my memory. When I was little, see, I don't even remember. And I wasn't a cartoon person. Dang. Do I have a follow-up question? If you don't yes. know what your favorite TV show is, sure. what was your favorite movie? My favorite movie is um, Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lambs. It's scary. I never, I never seen that one. Oh, I don't know if you can. You have to wait till you get older. Which it's one? Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, ooh, yeah, no. <laughs> you will not be watching that. You definitely won't be watching it in my class. No, yeah. no, it's 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 psychology. Yeah. Yeah. But then, if there's like a second. I do love all the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, my mom yes. watched. My mom just finished them. Yeah, they're awesome. Okay, so <coughs> hi, it's Jackson again. How's it going, Jackson? Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, have you ever wanted to buy a house that you're gonna sell? Yes. Um, there's so many awesome houses there, and there's one in particular that I absolutely loved the floor plan. And the floor, and this house is actually built by um, a gentleman that owns a company in town, and he built such amazing homes with wonderful floor plans. So I have, and I walked into there, and I'm like, I want this house. But then I had the perfect client for the house, so I always end up selling them the houses, even ones to flip. Because when I got into real estate, I started flipping houses. I, I wanted to buy a lot of them, but then I had so many clients to flip, so I ended up selling it to them. Okay. Yeah, thanks. so I haven't really, I haven't actually bought a house that I love. 
I, I do own a house. I sold a house recently to my son last year, and it was a house I was supposed <coughs> to flip, but I haven't bought one of the ones that I love yet. Okay. One day. I'll let you know. Do you think that you'd ever be able to teach someone, like, like in a class, like become a teacher about real estate? Yes, all the time. And the best thing, too, is to have them shadow you. And then you go to all the meetings and you see how you show houses and how, how you write up offers and how you're countering an offer. And the thing with real estate, it's it's not set nine to five. It's it's like you could end up countering an offer at midnight. Okay. So your, your hours are, it could be all day and then you could be working hard for two, three weeks straight and all of a sudden one week you have nothing to do. Yeah. So it's all time management too as well. Okay. Hello, I'm Creed and besides licensing, what are some of the challenges of being a realtor in a border city? Um, challenges of being a realtor in a border city. There Actually, there isn't any challenges here, I feel in the border city and maybe it's because I've been selling real estate here um, since 98, but may, sorry, there could be a challenge. There's big industrial properties that are available for sale that I would like to have, but of course, a lot of those big industrial properties, they end up um, having the larger companies out of the larger cities come in and end up listing them. So one of the challenges would be is trying to get that listing to stay in Lloydminster rather than it going to a big company. Sorry, so there was a challenge. All right, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. So it's Blake again. And my question is, what do you prefer, um, like Papa John's or Domino's? Papa John's. Yes. Good choice. Okay. Hi, it's Barbecue again, and apple juice or orange juice? Orange juice. I'm not. I'm an apple juice fan. Are you? So you're a Pepsi fan, and you're an apple juice fan. Hi ho. Um, what were your previous jobs before you came a realtor? I uh, redesigned the CN Rail building in uh, Calgary. I was an interior designer. Okay. So I uh, redid interior floor plans, and that was my last job before I got into real estate. And I also helped my parents um, flip their hotel. So they, they purchased hotels and they'd flip them. Okay. And so I helped them do that too as well. That was my last job until I got into real estate. Cool. Yep. Okay. Thank you for coming. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about realty. Thank you to my classmates for the questions, and thank you listeners. Have a great day, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, you guys. Join us next week when Mason talks to Josh Dunham about high school football. We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.